Hi, I'm Allison Hare, a former corporate executive on a quest for a more aligned life and work balance. Welcome to the Late Learner Podcast, where we explore game-changing and proven approaches that just plain work better for you. So what are we late learning today? Well, have you daydreamed of quitting your job and starting your own thing, but immediately have reality slap your dreams right in the face? Or wondered what other possibilities out there could be for you where you can be more intentional about your career and make a bigger impact? Here's what I know for sure. You are reevaluating everything. Your work life, your home life, your parent life, your interior life. We are all reevaluating after the pandemic. And if you're listening to this podcast, what I know is you deeply care about making an impact and living an intentional and purposeful life. And what if your way of life is already your personal brand and you didn't know it? Today's guest is Bob Wheatley. Bob is a former pro athlete, a best-selling author, podcaster, and a director of sales at Brand Builders Group. You might already know that I'm a client of Brand Builders Group. In fact, I hired their services last year. I now collaborate with them, assisting people in exploring their own personal brands. And as many of you are considering your next career moves and wondering if you can make a business out of what you're doing already, we wanted to talk about it. So before we get into the conversation about personal branding, let's get into the good stuff. What is the good stuff? It stands for Surprisingly True Useful Fun Facts. And new research from the University of Amsterdam show that despite entrepreneurs working way more hours than salaried employees, they are far less likely to experience burnout. So what's the secret? Entrepreneurs were measured to have less daily work stressors compared to paid work and a high degree of personal work autonomy, which leads to positive psychological return. And as a result, people reported more energy, a more positive state of mind, and were more satisfied with their work than salaried employees. But don't worry, if entrepreneurship isn't your thing, intrapreneurship in a corporate environment can help lower the burnout risk too. In other words, starting a club to enhance the culture, organizing events or meaningful enrichment training within your organization can add to enjoyment and lower the risk of burnout. Be sure to listen all the way to the end of this show for the second installment of The Good Stuff on really crazy facts about hand-washing as we close out. Here's my chat with Bob Wheatley of Brand Builders Group. All right, we are here with pro ball player turned author turned personal brand guru. We're here with Bob Wheatley. Welcome, Bob. What's going on? Thanks for having me. We have a totally different conversation today, and there are... So many people who are listening that are considering what a new chapter might look like and whether that means leaving a job, going to another job, looking at a different career, looking at a side career and wondering, how do I do that? So we are here to talk about personal brands and you might actually be in a position where you already have a personal brand. You just didn't know it. And maybe there's some some kind of fire, something you're passionate about, and you're trying to figure out, how do I get there? So, Bob, welcome. 
Yeah, thank you again. And you're you're exactly right in that somebody might be thinking, oh, I don't have a personal brand or, oh, I'd like to have one of those one day. We at Brand Builders Group, we define a personal brand simply as a digital reputation. So if you're online, if you're on social media, if there's someone in the world that can find you digitally, you do have a personal brand. It's just your reputation. What do people think when they think about you? So the question isn't, am I ready for a personal brand? The question is, am I strategically crafting it? So I look forward to unpacking that with you and talking about next chapters. Yeah. So you have an interesting story too, Bob. Like you and I, you and I are homies. I, I came I'm into so brand glad builders. You said that. <laughs> I came into brand builders as a client last year and had been introduced to it years ago and the timing wasn't right. But you were the person that literally introduced me to the project and to the concept of what it is. And here we are where you've got such an interesting story yourself. Would you mind sharing a little bit about your journey? Yeah. I mean, I started as a brand builder's client to help me with my book, my podcasting, my speaking, stuff like that. I had just heard about brand builders group through our podcast, personal branding, books, podcasts, and I needed some help. And so I ended up, same as you, Allison, scheduling a call, fell in love with the company, and I've been there for, I'm going on my my second year here with BBG. But as far as how it started, like the turning of the page, new chapters, things like that, I'd say the biggest one for me was the transition out of baseball. Because I had been an athlete my entire life. I played a bunch of sports growing up. I was a football player and a baseball player in high school. Ended up accepting a scholarship to play at my dream school, University of Southern California, playing baseball. And then I got drafted by the Toronto Blue Jays. So I played for them for a couple of years, played for the St. Louis Cardinals for a while. And then my career ended in 2017. And sometimes when you hear that story from the athletes, like, oh, and then I, I fell into a downward spiral. I didn't know who <laughs> I was and I had to reinvent my identity. That's not really my story, frankly, because... I, w- I mean, I was a good baseball player, but that's probably the best word. I-, I was just good. I wasn't great. I wasn't world-class. I was a 26-round draft pick of the Toronto Blue Jays. I was number 774 overall. This wasn't on TV. This wasn't like you walk across the stage and hug the commissioner. They paid me $1,000. So I was a professional athlete. I was getting checks from the Toronto Blue Jays, but I was a career minor leaguer, played for them. Uh, I played in the minors for four years. And so I always knew, okay, this, this probably isn't the forever thing. Now I do have this mountain that I want to climb. I would love to get to the big leagues, but it's next to impossible to do that based off of the tools that I have. I'm not a world-class talent, so I'm going to put in world-class effort, but we all have our limits. And so my limit was a, I was a minor league baseball player. So as I transitioned out of, of baseball, really just before that, I was a business major at USC. And one of the final classes that I took, it was like entrepreneurship 101. It was like the basics of entrepreneurship. And the entire semester long course was basically, hey, start a business on paper. And as I started doing that more and more, what started as an assignment from the professor literally turned into a business because I was this athlete. I cared about throwing baseballs as fast as I could. I was learning about nutrition and training and stuff like that. So I started a protein bar business on paper. 
And then as I started looking around, I didn't like the things that I saw. I'm, I'm like the read the label on the back of the product guy. At, it takes me an hour to go grocery shopping because I'm just looking at everything. Like, I care about <laughs> what goes into my body. And so I ended up starting this protein bar business. And I was running it while I played in the minor leagues. It was like through Amazon FBA. I had a third-party co-packer. I was basically, as long as I had a hotspot connection, I was in business. So I thought that was the plan B. That was plan 1A. It's like, okay, when baseball inevitably ends, I just step right into this business I've created and then it'll all be hunky-dory. And it wasn't. <laughs> business didn't work. So I ended up moving to Nashville in 2018, about six months after I had retired. And as far as me personally, author, podcaster, speaker in the faith-based space, it was in 2018 that my faith... You know, I believe in Jesus. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And it became increasingly important to me once I stopped playing baseball because I had seen all of those failures. I had a multi-year relationship with a girl that I love very much. It ended in a pretty ugly way. So the girl that I wanted to marry was gone. The business goes under. It's like boom, boom, boom. And I hit my rock bottom. I was just so heartbroken and truly so available that I kind of stepped into that next chapter of life. And so if there was like a, a page break in the, in the book of Bob, it was in moving to Nashville truly and working in personal branding and then specifically in the, in the authorship space. What I think is interesting is that you went from a life that was, but when you are going as an athlete, right? You're trying to be at your personal best. And then faith found you, grabbed a hold of you in 2017, where you felt called. And what I think is interesting is that there are people listening and you listener might be thinking, I feel called. I don't know what it is, but there is a stirring that happens. And it sounds like it no, it shifts from this is all about me and what I need. I need a wife. I need to be in the big right. leagues it, where something is, shifts and it's like, I need to make a bigger impact. And I think that's a really important distinction of how do you go out into the world where it's more purposeful and not that it wasn't purposeful before, but there is that itch, right? Totally. Yeah. It goes from my dreams, my wants, my desires to who can I serve? And there's nuance and subtleties within that. Like the, I want, I need, I deserve never really goes away. I don't think we're like, we shouldn't, it, it's not like- It feels like it, good to serve. It act. feels good. Well, it totally feels good to serve, but I also want, I don't want to dehumanize us as well. It's not holy, righteous, or in my opinion, even correct to remove our desires. Those things are good too. It's when they're in isolation. It's when that's all you think about all the mm. time, my wants, needs, desires, that it becomes definitely problematic. It's when that shift starts to happen. And at Brand Builders Group, we say, like, what's the secret to a personal brand? What's the secret to having an impact on those you love? You need to find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others. Now, that sounds good. That's kind of like pithy and tweetable and stuff like that. But it's really hard. What my uniqueness, what does that mean? And that would mean your giftings, like what you're especially good at. Maybe you're awesome speaking from stage. You're very articulate. Maybe you're great with the written word. Maybe you're super empathetic. And for some reason, you've just always been a great listener 
everybody comes to you and just like spills their guts to you. That's a uniqueness. So you need to discover who you are because you've been given specific gifts that other people haven't. There's no Superman. There's no superwoman on earth who has everything. I think God did that by design. That makes us dependent on others. Like in the Bible, God talks about the, the, the pieces of the body. Like there's one body, there's many parts. We are all parts of one body. And so in that find your uniqueness and exploit it in the service of others, that's not only is it going to give you the most impact, that's like the outward, but then inwardly, selfishly, it's truly going to light you up because you are operating in your divine design. It's not like an instantaneous process, right? You fall asleep one night, wake up the next morning and everything's dialed in. It takes some time, but it's when you start walking down that path, okay, like what is my calling? What is my mission? Who can I serve? Who can I love well? That's when things start to click, starts to become fun. I think where people start to feel this too, and something you touched on about all the pieces, right? Like I think about villages, I think about tribes, I think about communities that we really rely on each other to help hold us up, to help hold a mirror to us, to help support each other. And what I have found, and the U.S. Surgeon General just came out with a study declaring that loneliness is an epidemic, especially post-pandemic. So if you think about we are online more, we're more socially awkward or have experienced more social anxiety because I feel like being in isolation has changed us and changed us with new skin where we are kind of redefining what work looks like what friendships look like, what our relationship with our spouses and loved ones with our families look like. And it's different. There are some big shifts. There are some subtle shifts. And so I think establishing the community and, and going out there with a sense of purpose, a sense of service of how can I and what if I could build a community to maybe help with loneliness, to help kind of use our gifts and talents in a way that is going to be most powerful and I wonder, Bob, you talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and budding entrepreneurs, people that are going through a position of transition, some people that are very well established, some that are kicking around ideas. What do you notice in these conversations that is a common theme that surprised you? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say that people usually, when they look at the business idea, it's kind of the back of the napkin thing. They're super excited they they go too too fast like they jump to the next thing okay what's the what's the widget i'm going to sell what's the marketing campaign what hashtags do we use what t-shirts do we print all this stuff and they skip steps so they usually know what to do they just do it in the wrong order and within our i'm going to throw some you know brand builders jargon at the listener we call it the the finding your brand dna this is where all of our clients begin you have to find your brand DNA. What does that mean? That's who you are. It's who you serve, your avatar, your audience, however you want to call it. It is what problem you solve in one word, distilling it down to literally just one word. It's typically some sort of negative energy type word like Brene Brown. I solve the problem of shame. Unmistakable serves as the North Star of her personal brand. So then every book, every tweet, every speech from stage is consistent. People pay you to solve their problems. 
So no t-shirt is going to save you. No cool logo or like color on your website, a change in the color wheel is Hmm. really going to change your business. It's just not. So that's the error that I usually see. Most people that call into us and are looking for some help, they feel unclear. That's probably the best way to best way to put it. In fact, uh, when it comes to Brand Builders Group, what is our one word problem? We solve the problem of obscurity. To be obscure mm. is when you feel unseen, unheard, unknown. It's fuzzy. So what is the opposite of obscurity? Clarity. Clarity. So help us understand where do you even begin when you have this feeling like, I would love to be doing something that fills my soul. Mm -hmm. I feel like, and I love what you said, Bob, about, I don't know why, but people just tell me their story. They just automatically trust me. And I feel like I can help them. And I would love to do that on a, on a bigger scale. Maybe there's something there. What are the signs that we need to be listening to that happen in our lives that say, you know what, maybe I should navigate down this path. I'm sure uh, if you're listening to this, you've likely heard of Simon Sinek. Start with why. It's the, probably the most famous TED Talk of all time. He's world-renowned author, speaker, the whole deal. His whole personal brand, what got him started, was those three little circles. Start with why. And we love Simon Sinek. We're a fan of what he does. But we actually believe that thinking, start with why, is is slightly wrong. Because we believe hmm. your why is a who. You should really start with who. Start with the person that you want to serve. Now, why is that the case? You are most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. If you look into your past five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you know more than that person. You have more life experience. You've read more books. You've been through, through more trials, tribulations. You can help them because you literally are them. You're just further down the path. Look into those past versions of yourself. Like I said, it's the, you know, what trials have you overcome? What are your biggest victories? It's not all negative. Like, what have you done? You can help the person who wants to be there. So within that brand DNA system, we call it the brand DNA helix. So you can kind of envision the, it's just the the word picture of the DNA. I'm sure you can see it in your mind. It kind of spirals up and it's, you know, different things connecting We ask a bunch of different questions of our clients, like what keeps you up at night? What pisses you off? What breaks your heart? What lights you up? It's like a bunch of different ways of asking you, hey, who are you? Because there's going to be some cause, some audience, some group of people that's on your heart. And it's probably the past version of you. Mm. Right. Can we talk about imposter syndrome, though, because I'm hearing this. And I'm thinking, because I've been there, right? Like I'm I'm in the process of building my personal brand. I've been doing it for years. And mm-hmm. just to, to kind of bring it around to the beginning, I didn't realize I was building a personal brand. I just, I knew that I was meant for more, but I didn't know how. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what that would look like. And so the thought of imposter, of just who am I? Do I have... A degree as a therapist? No. Do I have a a PhD in anything? No. Who am I? Mm -hmm. And so I think it bears understanding of who am I? Who are we to be an expert in this field? And what could that look like? Yeah. 
It's a totally fair question. We hear it all the time. And Allison, I'm just going to use you as an example here to kind of illustrate the point. So I'm going to ask you two questions. The first will be be genuine. The second is going to (laughs) be facetious. So first question, because I know you're a mother. Question number one, do you believe that you have some information that you could share with an expecting mom or a first time mom that might help her? Do you believe you have that information? Okay. Yes. I I expect you to say that. Question number two, the facetious one. I want the facetious one. Give it to me. What degree (laughs) do you have that makes you say that? Mm, I don't have a degree, but I certainly have some big experiences and some big lessons learned. That's exactly right. Mm. That's why, and everybody feels imposter syndrome. So if you kind of have that, oh, I'm just getting started. Who am I? I don't have the paper on the wall behind me. I'm not the PhD. It's like, it doesn't matter. All you need is to know a little more than the person you're serving. Now it helps know a lot more, but Allison, you're, you're a perfect example. I know you could help a first time mom. I know you could help an expecting mom. Why? You're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. Mm. You once were that mom. That's not to say that getting degrees and studying and stuff won't help you. It totally will. But to say, I cannot possibly serve anyone until my LinkedIn profile is awesome. It's like, that's just not true. (laughs) That's not true at all. I do think too, I do this too, Bob. I help out brand builders on the sales side. So I get a chance to talk to entrepreneurs. And what I think is really interesting about this is that people will come with wild ideas and some people that have no experience, not that they don't have experience. They are right at the beginning, right at the beginning. They're like, I have this idea. I don't know where I can take it. And our approach is like, great, let's put a strategy around it. None of it has ever been, oh, that's been done before. That's kind of saturated. It is really, really focused on the person's uniqueness, meaning the person who is building their personal brand of how do you differentiate yourself in the marketplace because you are uniquely perfect just as you are. But I also wonder, Bob, when somebody is in a place where they feel stuck, maybe they've been in a job for 20 years and they are not inspired by it and they've been there so long, they don't know what they're good at. They may have some things they're passionate about, but they haven't really ventured out or don't even know where they could hang their hat that they can pick a lane and run. Where do you advise people in that regard? Yeah, there's probably some nuance to that question. I would say if they've never stepped out, they might not know. So they might need yeah. to give themselves some grace and have, have a little discovery, period like a season where it's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to try certain things and see what mm. lights me up or see what I'm good at. I would not advise someone like, oh, you heard Bob talking about personal branding. You should quit your job and go for it. It's like, <laughs> no. no, like you should exercise wisdom. But if the person does have that clarity, again, you're most powerfully positioned to serve the person you once were. If your heart breaks for a specific cause or a specific community, there might be something there. So you start with the who, and then the next question would be, okay, how do I serve them? Am I going to be an author? Do I speak from stage? Do I just, my heart breaks for this community and I, I need to serve once a week. Like it might not be a business. That's totally fine. 
But again, everyone has a personal brand. It's just your reputation. What do people think when they think about you? If somebody feels stuck, I would say number one, give yourself permission, give yourself the opportunity to discover and kind of play and you know understand what lights you up. And then if something does emerge, it's probably like a secondary conversation. Okay, how can I, in wisdom, give this a real try? Because if you play it safe and you go through life and you never serve that community, you're going to die literally with a broken heart. Mm. I, w- I was made to serve these people, but I was so afraid to leave comfort that I didn't do it. I was so afraid to to invest time, money, sweat, the potential to fail. I was too afraid to fail that I was unable to serve. That's a sad ending to that story. And so we'll have people that come to us that feel feel somewhat stuck. And it's usually going back to our one word problem. They're just obscure. It's fuzzy. The person Mm. who's like gung-ho, hey, let's dive into this thing. They know exactly who they're serving. They know it breaks their heart. They know their talents, giftings, whatever, like, hey, full steam ahead. Sometimes though, it takes a coach. It takes that partner, the, I'm going to help you look, discover your blind spots. I'm going to, not like a counselor's or therapist couch type deal, but you need a companion, you need somebody to to fan to to fan that that spark into a flame and then you're off and running. I think what I heard and you as the listener I would completely dial into this is that what Bob said was you have permission to explore what lights you up and give yourself a season. I think that is huge of just writing it down and being intentional about taking a look at if you feel some type of stirring, I think stirring is a good word, of knowing that you want to make a change or you want to make a difference or an impact or feeling maybe a little bit stagnant. I think having that permission to explore is really powerful. And Bob, I'd be curious to know, what have you recently learned in your own journey from the personal brand space that you were wrong about? Yeah. So just in the last couple months, I've kind of stopped, started, stopped, started on my second book. So my first book came out January 24th of this year. What's the name of it? Say it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. Oh, awesome. Yeah. It's called Our Heart's (laughs) Desire, How Our Stories Reveal the Thing We Want Most. Like I said, I'm a Christian. I basically told the Bible through movies. So it's for the person who's open to the things of faith or at least curious, but is in no way ready to crack open the King James Bible and just dive right in, right? It's too many (laughs) thighs and thous and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) In in my book, it's just, we're talking about the dark night, the hunger games, 13 going on 30. I talk about Rachel and Ross and friends like that dynamic, basically talking about the master love story of God because that's the first book, but what I've learned of late, I'm starting on my my second book. And this was like, it's probably March or so. I had no juice to write. My mind just runs and runs and runs. So for me, it's more about, all right, just put it on paper and then clean it up later. What I felt was, I don't think I'm supposed to write this book. Hmm. It was like a, again, I view the world through a Christian paradigm. I believe God is real. Like to to paint a picture 
in example number one, God is providing the juice, the momentum, the energy for the day, whereas the rowboat, it's like human effort. And in March, that's how this book started to feel. And when I wrote my first book, Our Heart's Desire, loved it. Mornings, nights, weekends, I couldn't get away from it. It was just so fun. And then in March on the second book, it, like, it wasn't fun. It was a job. Okay, today I write chapter four. And it felt like a rowboat activity as someone who has felt the freedom as far as this, like, what did I learn? In the month of March, I felt like God pulled the plug. Now, just in the last two weeks, I've written a hundred pages of that book. It is just flying. No problem. And the hmm. juice is back. In that moment when I felt like God had maybe pulled the plug, just to give you more context, I had just purchased a home. I'm the a director at Brand Builders Group. So I have a number of people and responsibilities here internally. My first book came out at that time about six weeks prior. So I'm still kind of on the tail end of my book launch. I'm writing book number two. And so what I took as maybe like a spiritual no might've just been a, a natural stress. Oh man, you don't need to write this. You don't need to write chapter four in March. Chill out. So it was a good exercise for me as someone who truly wants to love God and be led by him and things like that to maybe have been wrong. Yeah. And I think my secular translation to that is there are things in your personal brand or in your life that you can microwave and some require some time to bake. <laughs> um, yeah. that, that's my translation. <laughs> exactly. Throw it in the crock And pot. Yeah. letting it be okay letting it be okay. And so what is very cool about this and an invitation that we have for you is that Brand Builders offers free exploratory calls or free strategy calls. So if you are interested in just seeing what's out there, maybe you've had some nudges, maybe some of the things that Bob and I talked to about today really kind of struck you and you're thinking, what if I could? And I would really lean into that thought, whether you talk to us or not, that thought of what if I could versus I could never do that and just follow that and see what happens. And so you can go to freebrandcall.com forward slash A-H, Allison Hare. Isn't that clever? A-H. And I'll link it in the show notes as well. And let's talk. Let's talk and, and see what you're cooking and see if it makes sense to put a strategy and a structure behind it and see what kind of impact can you make with this little voice inside your head that says, what if? What do you feel called to do? And let's explore it. And so, Bob, for listening to your voice, you've got a great voice and you put it to good use. You have your own podcast. Tell us what the name of the podcast is, what it's about, and I'll link it in the show notes as well. Yeah. So the podcast is called That Single Show. It's That Single <laughs> Show. It's sponsored by KCBI Radio in Dallas. It's a Christian radio station. It's basically just a small ministry for Christian singles. It's a fun time. <laughs> I love it. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story. It's powerful and your insight. You were dropping bombs all about it. Um, so thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. 
Big thanks to Bob Wheatley for joining us today and sharing his wisdom and experience on personal brands with Brand Builders Group. I've linked his info, including his book and podcast in the show notes. And for you... If you're inspired to explore possibilities with you turning what you love into a business, let's set up a time to chat at freebrandcall.com forward slash A-H, Allison here, A-H. And if you're a high-performing or even over-functioning mom who would love some support from a community to help you get Recentered in a more powerful way. I still have a few spots left for my effective collective mastermind. Go to allisonhair.com forward slash collective. As always, everything's in the show notes. Now it's time for our second installment of the good stuff to close out each episode. Stuff stands for surprisingly true, useful, fun fact. Y'all, this is so gross. According to a healthy hand-washing survey from the Bradley Corporation, 45% of you skip washing your hands. Gross. They're called skippers. And 65% of people judge them negatively. I do. I fall in that camp. But here's what I'm curious about. There are different methods of hand-washing. Are you a rule follower? There are actually labels for this. This means you lather with soap, scrub completely, rinse and dry. There's also lather and linger methods, which are also pretty thorough. I don't know what lather and linger means. And then there's the twice as good method where you pump soap twice. Then there's the human dryer method, which uses their clothing or air instead of anything in the bathroom. We are funny people, aren't we? Which one are you? Well, we've come to the end of this episode and I am incredibly grateful that you continue to spend your time with me. And thank you so much for the heartfelt response on my last podcast episode that was so personal called I'm Hurting. Apparently, you are also struggling with ambivalent friends and really like the check on your strong friends approach. I just love hearing from you, and I'm always grateful when you share these game-changing ideas in your own circles, when you take me with you while you're driving and doing laundry or just walking out into the world. It means a lot. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time. 